Hello and welcome to While You Were Steeping, a curatorial tea and culture podcast. I'm Michael Mandelios. And I'm Hayden Rogers. And today I am living and working on Yagara and Turrbal land, and I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I am working and pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging. And I am on Ganigal land in the Eora Nation, also known to white people as Sydney, <laughs> and I would also like to pay my respects. So, today. Today. We move on to a very, very broad subset of tea. Very, the, very broad. Possibly the broadest and possibly the, um, the, the most prolific, maybe. Yeah. It's, of course, black tea. And it's many variations. And it's Mary, Mary, I just said Mary. It's Mary variations. And also it's many variations. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, do we just get straight into it? Is that? Is that the, th- the thing? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we have to dive straight in. Okay. So I just think, interestingly, we're talking about black tea, but actually black tea has another name traditionally. Its, it's actual name, in fact, is red tea. Um, that's the name that the Chinese give it um, because of the color, like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I didn't find that. That's really interesting. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So like traditionally for many centuries, um, it was called red tea in China. So, so like, uh, it's called black tea. That's just like the Western, the Western name. Because the tea for... leaves are black, but obviously in yeah. China it was the quality of the tea itself. Yeah, because they Cute. invented it. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought it was fascinating. I was like, I actually didn't know that. And in fact, in China, they actually already had something called black tea, which we've discussed um, before, which is pu'er tea. And they oh, call pu'er right. black tea because... Uh, it really, that sort of like fermented into that really like black um, sort of, I guess it's a bit kind of like a wet thing. I actually found out it's called a post-fermented tea and I don't know what that means yet. Um, post-fermented, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. but but tea pu'er actually comes in both green and black varieties of tea. So, but they called it black tea. So, yeah, it's actually a bit of a complex name history there. Hmm, very. Okay. Well, so I think I think we should jump into the bare bones basics of what black tea actually is or, or how, how it operates. So we talked about green tea uh, last week and we talked about the fact that green tea is traditionally, you know, dried and, and pressed and shaped and all those things and then possibly uh, fried in, in like a pan or maybe over a, over a slow, um, over a slow fire but they're never actually fired. And that's where the main difference comes in with black tea, right, Hayden? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, you, the, all the teas sort of, you have that sort of um, oxidization process where you sort of like bruise the leaves and allow the air to work on them. But then black tea is highly oxidized. So um, really at the end of the process, when you sort of, um, I guess, uh, cook the leaves or you know for green tea it's like you know you're heating in a wok or whatever Uh, that that's what stops the oxidization process so you do it much earlier for green tea but for black tea you're like sort of going through several rounds of this you're allowing it to really like work on the leaves and it changes color and then they fire it um at the end which is which is different Mm. Something else that I found really interesting, and this is probably going to make me sound like a total novice, but I don't even care at this point, was just the bare bone basics of the the four kind of grades of tea. Mm. So mm. 
I didn't know, for example, that orange pico was <gasps> which I love a grading of tea rather than a kind of um a, a type or a, or a variety of a tea flavor or a tea blend. Oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know this either. Okay, great. So supposedly, according to um, I found I found this amazing article on Revolution Tea. Lots of great info on black tea here, and. The, they talk about the four main grades of black tea, which are based on flush. Flush being um, how often the crop yields, well, how often the plant yields crop. So how, how often it can be picked or how many times in a season it can be picked. So based on flush, based on leaf size and based on the method of processing. So apparently you've got orange pico, broken orange pico, fannings and dustings. So orange mm-hmm. pico is full leaves with no tips or buds. And then each of those four types um, can then also be designated flowery, tippy, or golden. So I know it's just crazy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, so you can literally, there's one type, for example, which is golden flowery broken orange pico. Um, but then you can also get tippy golden flowery orange pico, which is just wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so it's actually a classification term and not, like, a reference to a, a, a flavour of tea. Right. But I really, I love orange pico. I think it's so, it's interesting. I, I actually really thought it was a different, I mean, it has a different flavour, but I guess that's just because of the way it's processed or. Yeah, whereas, like, fannings and dustings are what they call broken leaf teas, which is, um, you know, where we, where we see the black tea in the, in the tin or in the, in the box, and it's closer to a powder or in very small granules, you know, where it's been mm. broken up. Um, so, yeah, dustings are, of course, the really, really, really fine ones. In, and then in like, a tea fanning. bag or something. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Because we all know that the stuff inside a tea bag is just, like... Very small. Mm. So you probably, I'm guessing that we went in very separate directions with our more specific research on black tea. So where did you go? Um, where did I go? I, oh yeah, I discovered the uh, the origins of black tea. Is that something you did? No, I I kind of went further ahead post that. And okay, good. So I'm like, I've been sticking. I think I really went to the past then. Um, so firstly, this is the, uh, the, I guess, legend of how black tea began. Because of course, last week we established that green tea from, from the discovery of, you know, the tea plant, green tea was prevalent in China until what, the 1500s or so? 1600s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, and that's the thing, like green tea up until this point was tea like there was no other kind of tea as yeah. we said like and that's i think so fascinating to me um and i actually also discovered why uh black tea sort of overtook this apart from the obvious like western <laughs> thing um those pesky westerners but um yeah <laughs> i uh yeah so black tea sort of originated apparently there's i i think i have two different yeah i have like slightly different origin stories, but uh, it's said that an army from the Yangtze uh, was coming into the Fujian province and they camped at a nearby tea factory. And so because they were camping there, uh, it sort of basically halted production. Um, And there was this delay caused in, in producing the tea. 
And so the tea leaves, you know, as part of their usual processing are laid out in the sun and they were then sort of left out there for longer than they should have been, um, which is, you know, that oxidization process yes. causing the leaves to turn a dark red color. Um, so they thought, oh, well, crap, where well, the tea's, you know, turning to <laughs> and, and we have to save the tea. So they were like, well, let's uh, accelerate the drying process then. Let's put the leaves, like, let's cook them over this uh, fire, right? Apparently a fire of pine wood. And so they cook the leaves out to stop the oxidization process and hashtag save the tea. And that, of course, imparted a very smoky flavor into the tea. And so, I know where this is going. Yes. And so they discovered Lapsang Sushog, which is apparently the very first black tea. The birth of black tea. That's so cool. Also, side note, can we talk about the fact that we found yet another story of geopolitics being the birth of tea? Yes, yes. Very it was exciting. there. Um, yeah, and so that was then, you know, taken to, it was like traded and sold just because that was their crop, that was what they were doing, and they sold it to um, the, the Dutch and the English, and they enjoyed it, they liked it, so they bought more. And then they, I guess, refined that process, you know, from there it's like, okay, well, if we cook it, it turns and, like, let it ferment longer, then it becomes, uh, you know, more black or red, as they would have said. And, yeah. Uh, then the, the second, uh, I guess, origin story. This one has an actual date, which I think both had sort of a similar time, but this was 1646. So, you know, that's, like, fairly modern. Fairly, quite. It's, like, since the British had been, like, sort of trying to get their hands on tea. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> very much so. I mean, yeah. Um if you remember our Silk Road episode, you know, that's and quite the, like And the then our Opium Wars. Yeah. So in this origin story, it's that the civilians of the Wuyi Mountains were fleeing uh, Qing soldiers who were sort of advancing through uh, the region, apparently on, a, uh, on their Manchu unification campaign against the Southern Ming. And they, uh, the, the citizens were fleeing, but they were like, well, we just picked all this tea, so I'm not going to let it go to waste. <laughs> and so they quickly dried the batches over the fire again. Um, and they sort of, I think, buried the sacks. I think that's what I'm like, I guess maybe the sacks were a bit protected. I just, I just feel like it would have gotten very dirty. But, you know, they hid the tea. Let's just say they hid the tea. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Let's just, just like, make sense of this story Yeah, they hid the tea And then came back later And they were like, oh, well it's kind of smoky And a bit unusual But we'll just sell it to the <laughs> Dutch anyway <laughs> And they, you know And that's also again Lapsang Sushong um, So in both stories Lapsang Sushong was sort of invented um, Through this sort of It's a very similar thing Like through this sort of like military interference And then also just like quickly trying to save the tea over wow. a fire. And then so we can we can assume then that, you know, they went, oh, hey, we're kind of onto an interesting, cool thing here. And from there, the method of burnt, not burning, the method of firing green teas or, or traditional teas and turning them into black teas was mm. born across pretty much everywhere. Yeah, and it, it's also that sort of idea of... They, the leaves were left out longer than they usually were, you know, and it turned them copper. Which, again, oxidising mm. 
Yeah, okay. Interesting, interesting. Interesting, and that's where we get that caffeine. Yes. Well, that real kick. Interestingly, green tea also has caffeine, but as we discussed, yes. it has that L-theanine in it, which it has more of than black tea. And mm. so actually, like, the, uh, the mind-altering <laughs> benefits in terms of concentration, that sort of thing, is actually greater with the green tea because of that L-theanine concentration. Mm. Even though we're like, black tea has more caffeine, green tea has, like, the sort of good chemical balance. <laughs> yeah, right. Cool, cool, cool. What about you, Michael? Well, so I was really interested in, because we've explored, you know, a whole bunch of um, varieties of black teas already, I was really interested in getting a better understanding of why, what differentiates the many varieties of black teas. And we've already looked into that a little bit, but I think especially because black tea is so prolific in British culture and in the UK... I was like, how did we end up with all of these different varietals like your French Earl Grey and your English breakfast and your Irish breakfast and your Scottish breakfast and all of these things? And very interestingly, much like the story that you told us back in our British identity episode about the creation of French Earl Grey from, um, Mm. from Twinings and... Well, just Earl Grey, not French. Sorry, yes. Earl Grey and Lady Grey from Twinings and who was it that they stole it from? Oh, gosh. Jackson's of Piccadilly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jackson's of Piccadilly. Uh, and so I thought, okay, well, let's let's find out a little bit more about some of the others. And so sure enough, there's there's a couple of really key um, key differentials in in British teas, which is primarily the origin of the tea itself and where it's grown. So English breakfast, um, we found, I found out very quickly, is usually made up of black teas grown in Ceylon in Sri Lanka. Whereas uh, Irish breakfast is generally usually more likely to be um, comprised of a lot of Assam plants or Assamic, Assamic tea, tea leaves, um, which of course gives it that kind of more malty flavour and gives it a bit of a mid strength compared to um compared to an english breakfast and then of course scottish breakfast um tends to be the strongest and will usually include a blend of teas from all over the place china assam ceylon maybe even africa as well uh and i thought that was really interesting because up until that point i was like what is the what is the defining factor in all of these teas and does it have anything to do with where where they're named after. And it turns out it's just whatever became popular in those particular regions at the time. But something that I did find was really interesting, and I found this when I was looking up um, Yorkshire tea. Oh, yeah, I, I, I did briefly look at Yorkshire tea, but then I moved on. <laughs> so Yorkshire tea, again, just like, just like the ones that were coined, you know, 100 years ago or 200 years ago or whatever, Yorkshire tea is very new. And it was cultivated or it was, um, it was created, again, commercially. You know, it's not, it's not a tradition by any means. It was literally mm. created by a company called Taylor's. I was really surprised. I was like, what? It's like, I was expecting it to be like some old AF, like Yorkshire tradition. And I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. And no, absolutely not. So again, it's um, Taylor's of Harrogate is the, is the brand. And I think they recently merged with another massive UK brand called Betty's. 
So I think it's Betty's and Taylor's now. But um, they talk about they talk about Yorkshire tea, and they talk about the fact that um, the blend is grown from over twenty locations across Africa and India, and then imported into the UK. So where you know where where do they get off calling it Yorkshire tea? Uh, but it's really again just the just the blend of it. I read it was the most popular tea in England now. Ooh, that's interesting. The most, the most popular black tea in England, just like traditionally black that tea. That wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all because it's a very, it's a very complex blend, um, and they've been making it since the late eighteen hundreds. the The interesting thing is that th- this brand in the early, um, in the early twentieth century, so you know the nineteen hundreds, as we know, that's when we were born because we're old. <laughs> For any any of our Gen Z listeners, <laughs> if we have any, I don't know. Something that I never really thought of, but I knew was a thing, is that a lot of these brands take into account the local water supply. Oh. Oh, yes. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like that the Earl Grey thing. It was like potentially created to, because the water was really quite bad in that area. So they're like, well, mm. let's flavor it and it will complement mm-hmm. the water. Yeah, and so even like Scottish breakfast tea and Irish breakfast tea and any any tea that's kind of locally made and locally kind of curated will often take into account the flavour profile of the local water source. And so when Taylors of Harrogate made their Yorkshire tea, it was a it was basically a a version or an adaptation of an English breakfast that was blended specifically for the water supply in Yorkshire. And for a while it was only sold in Yorkshire as well. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So on, on that note of, of adapting tea for the water supply, I found this interesting article that that's why Scottish breakfast tea is as kind of mm. strong as it is because Sc- Scotland has what they call soft water. Irish breakfast on the I other love. hand- you love Irish breakfast. Mm. Well, so, and is that because of the Assam? I don't know. It's just like quite malty. It's really like, I love, as we know, love black tea with milk and sugar, you know? Yeah. So the malty quality is a definitive facet of Assam teas, which mm. almost always will make up Irish breakfast teas. So that is what you clicked onto. Um, and there's a, there's a theory, which is that tea was basically starting to gain popularity in Ireland at the same time that the East India Company was particularly getting a lot of their tea or producing a lot of tea in Assam specifically. Mm. So it's kind of, uh, again, you know, geopolitical and based on history that, you know, tea, tea in Ireland became suddenly popular and chances are the huge influx of supply that they were getting was almost all Assamic teas. And, and that's probably kind of the defining factor for it. Well, funny you should say that because this whole geopolitical availability thing is the reason that black tea is popular at all. And that (gasps) it's the reason that uh, it's like the Western version of tea. Um, Colonial tea, as we say. Colonial tea. So, because of the fermentation process of black tea, black tea retains and improves its flavour with age and can be preserved for longer periods of time. So, literally, just because of this fact, the British and the Dutch, when they were trading tea, were like, oh, black tea lasts longer. We can 
you know, travel it by sea easier. It will like improve its flavor as we travel and it will also be able to be stored for longer without affecting it. And that for that reason alone, they just black tea became very popular and to now today it's like makes up I think um I can't remember the percentage, but it's like a you know, very high percentage of all tea produced in the world. Oh, it would be massive. It would be a colossal majority. I think it's like it was like double double the green tea amount or something. Yeah, and it, I'm pretty sure in the UK it's something like 80 to 90% of the market yeah, is yeah. black tea, which is unsurprising. Oh, capitalism. Yeah. So there you go. It's like literally because of the uh, benefits of transportation. Is why Amazing. black tea has become like the big thing. Yeah, right, 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 right. So speaking of like amalgamated teas that have like all kinds of amazing, you know, mixes of different different tea leaf origins and also then different additional. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress for a second here. I think I was kind of expecting the variety among teas or teas, especially in the UK. To be kind of like the Earl Grey, determined by the things that are added to them. I thought that that was what it was going to mm. be. So that, you know, um, Irish breakfast maybe had, you know, malt and, you know, barley. Whiskey. And, yes, and, and whiskey. Um, <laughs> and, you know, maybe Scottish breakfast had like some kind of flour or something added to it that I didn't know about or whatever. It didn't occur to me. Some thistles. Thistle. Uh, it didn't occur to me that it would be almost entirely just the blend of different tea origins that made up a, a variety of tea or made up a, um, a type. Let's, let's say a name a tea name. But Mm. with that said, I did find that Kenyan black tea is generally, for one, grown in Kenya, which is nice, but also um, Kenyan black tea will often include citrus, anise, cardamom, and chocolate. Oh, I love a black tea with chocolate added in, like cacao nibs or anything. Wait, like it's just that. like things that yeah. So like this is like ingredients they're adding, not just like a flavor profile, like wine. No, like actual ingredients. Yeah, obsessed. I want it. Well, I think I've had a Kenyan black tea before. Um, there's one that they sell at T two when I'm <laughs> bringing that one up again. Um, but <laughs> when I worked there, I used to make it because it's like the strongest black tea you'll ever have mm. in your life. It's like it's the the granules are tiny, um, and quite like I think they must be like like small pieces of leaf that are then rolled into tiny balls or something. I don't know. It was just like it's quite a bizarre texture. But then, honestly, you pour your water onto it, and within a second, the water is like the darkest black tea you've ever seen, <laughs> and you can't steep it for more than like a minute, really. Otherwise, it would just be too strong. Oh, <laughs> like interesting. Like it's, I think it's the ultimate um, quick quick brew because you know how that's like a big thing. It's like people like dunk their tea bag in the water like once yes, <laughs> then yes. they're done. <laughs> um, I think really, if you wanted to have a proper cup of black tea and do it quickly, I'd get this like Kenyan Amazing. tea. Amazing. Okay, I want to try that now. Hmm. The last thing I found was just I was just like, how is it? Is there much of like a health difference between black tea and green tea? And the answer is no. <laughs> the only big difference is that black tea has this thing called theoflavins, which uh, seem to be the only major difference because it's from just the way it's processed. It, it changes it a bit. Um, but 
it also seems to do exactly the same things as the stuff that's already in green tea and already in black tea as well. So I'm not really sure. Like, it's kind of like a non-point, but um, yeah. I'm going to hazard that black tea probably isn't as good for your teeth. That's true. Well, yeah. In fact, I can attest that black tea is not as good for your teeth. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like, as we already discussed, it's like green tea is pretty much on par, but also has like the caffeine benefit of, and well, the energy benefit of L-theanine and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's pretty much just drink tea is, is the answer. Mm, very good. Very speaking good. of which, speaking of drinking tea. <laughs> perhaps we, perhaps we should get to that. Yeah. Let's give it a red hot go. I need a kappa. Yeah, we're really fast at making tea. <laughs> so fast, so speedy, superhuman. So, in fairness, we have experience. Yeah, yeah, and we are also literally superheroes. But we'll get to that another mm. day. Um, so, <laughs> Michael, what should we start with? I don't really know. I feel like we should work our way from conventional to weird. Okay. That's that's my thinking. What's your thinking? I I I thinking that you thinking well. Great. In which case, so does that mean we start with Earl Grey? I think so. So we have an Earl Grey from our good old friends at Tea Tonic. If you've forgotten, Tea Tonic are based in the northern inner city suburb of Ab- Abbotsford in Melbourne, in Victoria, and they've been very good to us. We've tried lots of their teas, and we're excited to try this one. So mm, you may remember it smells Devine. Oh yeah, it does. It smells great. You may remember that we actually already tried their French Earl Grey to great Which was like mango-y. critical acclaim because of the mango. Yeah. Um loved it. Absolutely loved that one. This one's a nice simple Earl Grey with what what what's in it, Hayden? Well, as with uh oh Earl Grey's it is black tea and natural oil of bergamot. Bergamot being that sort of citrusy flavour that makes Earl Grey Earl Grey. Mm. And let me tell you, the smell of this tea is very bergamot. It's just like, mm. what? And I, I noticed when I poured the tea out, because I uh, took a little picky of it, um, was that there was like little granules and I'm wondering if it's like solidified bergamot oil. Ooh. I'm going I'm to, I'm going to review this picture right now, actually, because I want to know. Was this one? Yeah. There's literally, I am calling it right now. I zoomed in. Look, there is little, little balls, little bobbles of, I am saying, <laughs> you heard it here first, little solidified balls of bergamot oil. Wow, so interesting. I think. That's like a big feature, which I feel like they should advertise. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Um, okay. Let's give it a red hot go. Do, do, we, do we just go? I think so. Oh, mommy. Oh, very different. So different to what I was expecting. It's so bergamotty. Yeah, it's insane. Wow. That's the most Earl Grey Earl Grey I've ever had. I don't know if I'm mad about it. I think it's actually pretty great. No, me either. It's like, wow. 
It's like so citrusy. It's kind of not what um, I bargained for. If I were expecting a really, really kind of conventional, boring Earl Grey, I would yeah. probably be mad. But I'm not mad because I'd never want something that's conventional and boring. Well, yes. But this almost borders on like lemongrass. Mm, I was just about to say there's something about it that's a little bit, and it is that, it's lemongrass. But there's and clearly I, not. I know some people might think that this is even of me, but I. I'm going to put milk and sugar into it. No, I'm going to try that as well. I want to see what happens. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because this is how I, I have I have Lady Grey basically every day of my life. And I just really want to see what it's like yeah. with milk and sugar. Because... Sure. Yeah. Just, for me, it's just going to be a cheeky little half teaspoon of sugar. I'm doing one of my artificial sweeteners. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. <clears throat> And some soy milk. A little bit of oat milk for me. In we go, in we go. We don't normally we don't normally do the addition of milk live. Normally we kind of transition away, but okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Alright, we ready? ready? Here we go. Okay. Oh. Ooh, big love. Yeah. Big love. Yeah. This is so good. It's very sweet now, I have to say. Yeah. With the oat and the sugar and the bergamot, it's it's a lot. Um, I'm obsessed with this. Don't hate it, just wouldn't wouldn't have it always. I'm a big Earl Grey fan. So, like, for me, I'm like, I mean, I actually, I actually prefer it with the, the milk and sugar because I think it actually tempers it a little bit. It was very intense. Sure. Um, it's, it's one of those, it's like one of those teas where I'm, like, breathing and I can taste it on my, like, the... The bread, you know, I can taste the citrus. Yeah, I think with the addition of the milk and the sugar, I'm finding, you're right, it was intense when when it was just the bergamot flavour coming through, but I'm finding this a little bit much in terms of the sweetness. It's great, Mm. and if I were in the mood for, like, a desserty kind of tea, this is definitely what I would conjure up, but... It is a lot with the milk and the sugar for me, but that's also probably because I'm using oat milk and you're using soy Mm. milk. I love. Mm. Solid offering. Solid I've offering. I've basically drunk this entire cup of tea at this point, so we should move on. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, let's move on. So I think the next one will probably also be the one from Tea Tonic. Yes, I agree. This is dark chocolate and black tea. Mm-hmm. Heaven. So as, as Michael just said, he loves that. Um, Again, black tea, and we should note that in both of these, the black tea is an organic certified product, and uh, the natural chocolate flavour, whatever that means. I have to say, love Tea Tonic, they're great, love love everything they've given us, but their, their labels are a little vague for my liking. <laughs> well, a bunch of, I think a bunch of them are, because the, the loophole is you don't have to actually tell people what flavours you put in. Stuff. So, yeah, for sure. It's kind of annoying to me, because I'm like, I want to know. Mm. Okay. In fairness, most people aren't looking anywhere near as um, scrutinously as we are. Smells good. Oh, so yeah, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> um, it um, smells good. You just taste without me. I may have. I'm sorry. What the f- frick? Frickle? Stickle? Let's do that again. Okay. No, keep <laughs> this in the show. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> No, I meant let's try it again. Here we go. Okay. Oh. Oh. Hmm. This is not 
it's making me think of it. Oh my god, I've got it. It tastes like. Remember, you get that popcorn as a kid that was multicolored, like sugar coated and multicolored. Mm, it tastes like that yeah. popcorn. Interesting. I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't either, but it tastes like it. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's coming off the. I think I need some water because coming off the um, the Earl Grey with the bergamot, I'm kind of getting nothing from this. Oh, I mean, I'm definitely getting something that's not just black tea, but okay. And, and mainly, mainly that thing is multicolored popcorn. <laughs> I've had a bit of water. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I just compared to how, compared to how ridiculously excellent the old grey was. Yeah. Um, do we do we eat milk and sugar it? I'm gonna add milk. I don't think I want to add sugar. I'm gonna do both. Oh, okay, I'll do a little. I'll do a little bit of sugar. That just makes sense. You're right. It is chocolate, like. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm not really getting even a cocoa. Like, obviously, yeah. I don't expect it to be chocolatey if it's not if it's using dark chocolate. But I'm not even really getting cocoa vibes. No, I'm yeah, kind yeah. of. I agree. Missing whatever it is for something for some reason. It's just kind of not really happening for me. Like, I think it's tasty. I guess, yeah, it's like, if it says chocolate on the packet, I guess you're expecting things. Mm. But maybe this yeah. little boost of sugar will change our minds. Great expectations. I guess it's kind of, it almost, it's a bit, it's almost just like, you know, um, how like your, your mum in the, in the nineties, or maybe not your mum, but my mum <laughs> made, um, <laughs> like a chocolate slice, like a woman's weekly chocolate slice. It was like quite dry, made with cocoa powder and coconut. <laughs> like that's kind of that's kind no. of the vibe because that doesn't taste like chocolate either but all right re-attempting with sugar and milk oh oh well there you go <laughs> i don't know i can't now it tastes it just tastes like hot chocolate now it's great oh yeah i guess so it's obviously yeah. That's what it needed. It needed the milk. It needed cream, creaminess, and sugar. cream of oat. Cream of oat and soy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, I when you said hot chocolate, I was like, oh, what? And then I was like, oh yeah. But um, it's obviously not just like it's not like full strength. It's not like drinking literal hot chocolate. But it's like no, 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 no. It's it's very subtle, which is nice and smooth, which is also very. Nice. Oh, this is so much. So much better with the milk and sugar. I don't know what I was thinking. And very smooth, you're right. It's just like, what? That was weird noise. Okay. So it's a solid not recommend from me if you're going to drink it black, <laughs> but it's a solid recommend from me if you have it with milk. I don't know. Sugar. If you've ever wanted to try tea that tastes like multicolored popcorn, then <laughs> drink it black. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that one was nice and nice and easy, nice and clear. I think you know. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like we need to sit around talking about that one. For too long. Okay. Well, then let's move on to our final tea. And I'm especially interested in this one. This is bizarre to me. Very bizarre. So this is from Organity. 
um, which you'll remember we've been reviewing their teas the last few weeks. And, oh, it says artisan range. I don't know what that means. So <laughs> this is called spicy festivity. Like, it's a pun. So we like that. We like that. Yeah, we love that. Uh, much better than festivity tea, which we which wouldn't have they liked. did with anxiety tea. Um, so it has in it hibiscus, citrus, rose hips, lemongrass, peppermint, black tea, cloves, and cinnamon. I'm confused. I'm intrigued. Yes. I have to say, look, I'm not going to lie. I was more intrigued before I brewed it. Now that I've brewed it and I've seen how not black it looks, mm. I I think it's going to work. Um, Me too. I was clearly, like, it's, and, it's a black tea with all of this in it, but it's not. It's like and again, tea, so. if you head to, if you head to the Instagram, if you if you head to the social medias, the scram, and you check to the scram, and you look at the photo, you'll see that there's um there's actually not very much black tea in there at all. Like if you look at it spread out on the plate, it looks mostly like there's the hibiscus and the lemongrass and all those other floral elements um take up most of the. So the black tea is clearly a, a hint. Mm. Black tea was pretty far down the line, but even so, like hibiscus, citrus, rosehip, lemongrass, peppermint, all these things are very like herbal and kind of summer citrus drink or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Where, and then we have cloves and cinnamon and black yeah, tea, very which is like interesting. deep, like earthy sort of. I'm going to take a shot and say that this is going to taste something like the detox tea from um, oh. Herbtastic or... The Savannah Tea from Teas AU. Okay. That's my bet. Here we go. Smells fruity and spicy. <laughs> oh. Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. It is. It's, it you don't, is. You don't sound sold. It, it, basically like the list of ingredients, it's like, wow, it has everything in it. And that's what it tastes like. It tastes like everything. It's like, it's it's a herbal tea. It's a fruit tea. It's a spice tea. Yeah. So I think we were right. The black tea is basically negligible in this. Mm, Like maybe just for color or something. Mm. Yeah. It really still just tastes like a herbal tea. Also, I was totally right. It definitely tastes like the Savannah and the detox. So good for me. (laughs) Tick for you. Tick Um, for me. It's like, it's juicy. It's like a juicy tea, mm. like, and that's, I think, the hibiscus. It's like, that's why it's hibiscus is in, and, and obviously citrus, but like, whenever you have like a fruity summer punch tea or mm-hmm. something, it's always hibiscus because that gives you this like juicy flavor. The cinnamon and cloves are really interesting in there than the way that they mix with the lemongrass, I think, because it's that kind of, you get that kind of chai feeling from the cinnamon and the mm. cloves but then the lemongrass just kind of lightens it out or smooths it out it's a very nice kind of balance and i think that the peppermint i'm glad the peppermint doesn't overpower everything it's very well balanced and also it plays mm. into that spiciness as well in fact the peppermint cloves cinnamon sort of thing it's kind of christmasy maybe that's the idea mm. honestly i wish it just had one less element i wish it didn't have the juiciness or it didn't have the spiciness or it didn't have the herbal profile that's interesting. I'm liking I'm liking the complexity. This is one that I could very happily sip a very large cup of slowly okay. and and absent-mindedly like while watching TV or something. I think I do I I do have to say that it is very well balanced. I think 
often we usually see these teas and like has all this stuff in it and it's like oh it just tastes like peppermint or something like that you know whereas this i'm like Mm. i can taste literally every single one of these things or like the detox one from herbtastic which i did like and it was very complex but i did find that one overpowering whereas this one's Mm. not Mm. um mm. honestly the more i drink it the more i think i would happily have this as a kind of idle tea on hand just when I feel like something a little a little fresh, a little a little rejuvenating. Mm. 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 Alright, if you had to pick a winner. Oh, well, I would actually pick the Earl Grey. How funny. Just because it's just like the most interesting Earl Grey I've ever had. Yeah, it turns out Teetonic don't know how to do boring, which is good. We like that. Yeah. Mine is definitely also the Earl Grey. In fairness, I feel like there should be a caveat on that, though, which is that none of these three teas are punching in the same category. Yeah, exactly. So like, Earl Grey, Earl Grey just hard. had a fair, an unfair advantage because it was like, you just did, like, something popular really well, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, whereas the other things are like, you have to convince us to even like that thing in the first place. Yeah. The, the chocolate... The chocolate and black tea from Teetonic as well actually did surprise me once I added the milk and sugar. I, I actually really like that now. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I think this, um, this festivity is, it's a, it's a nice solid contender. It's a, yeah, we haven't had any major, major losers on the show. I nearly, I was nearly ready to write off that chocolate one. Wow. Awkward. Good thing we tried it with the milk <laughs> and the sugar. Mm. Ah, well, I guess that brings us to the end of this week. As always, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Steeping Podcast, or you can email us at steepingpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Um, You can also find us individually. I'm at Hayden Rogers on different social medias. And I'm at Michael Mandalios on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Of course, if you want to uh, show a little support for the network. um, Give us the love. Give us the love. you can support That's Not Canon Productions, which is the network we're a part of, which you probably know already, um, by going to patreon.com and supporting there. Lovely. Um, is that all? Is that all we have to say? I feel like that's everything. That seems like everything. Okay. In that case. To infinity and beyond. While You Were Steeping is a That's Not Canon Productions podcast. For more information, head to that'snotcanon.com. Canon with one N.